0: Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. Battery's a little low here on Tuesday morning. Just listened to a podcast uh, by the Daily on guns in Mexico. I guess it's kind of egotistical to think I can add anything to their very nice presentation. But I'd like to link two things together and tie it into our values. There's a value that we have that's uh, comes from Christianity and maybe it probably comes from all religions it's just said a different way. you know being your brother's keeper. That's one of the things I took away from Church that seems to make sense to me As a society We are a brother's keeper Especially if you like to think of yourself As strong and as a good person You should care what happens To others as a result of Your actions Like if you uh, Don't get vaccinated and you let the COVID vaccine mutate and grow and evolve because it has fertile places to grow and evolve. I would say that's not being your brother's keeper, but obviously some people think it's more important to have the right not to take the vaccine which I actually also agree with simultaneously. I think there can be competing values. it's just as a person you have to decide you know what's your higher value and to me my higher value the, being my brother's keeper is really high up there in my priority for for values. Okay, I digress. I grew up in El Paso. Um, I remember going to high school, and my friend Vernon Diaz had got a GTO, and you know, there's a lot of kids wanted to ride on in the GTO. there's a song about him Up GTO anyway <laughs> it was a black shiny four on the floor GTO with a big motor and he always drove pretty safely and conservative and I don't know there's three or four kids in the back and someone that shotgunned them and probably more than more people than should have been in the car and we were driving down Byron Street on the way to Alameda Street and a guy in the back George and I don't remember George's last name but it was an Hispanic name who later uh, finally did graduate and become a lawyer um, He had pot, and he was sharing it with us all. I said no. Um, And I think some of the people there that would have normally said yes didn't say yes because they didn't want me to know. I was a pretty judgmental guy. In some way kind of carried, I was a year older than most of the kids in the car, kind of carried a little bit of weight When I look back, I've had people tell me this later years. I didn't know it at the time. I was also very much into being a Church of Christ and judging the world at that time. I was in that cult. But this was back in late 50s, early 60s that kind of time era. Drugs were already pretty common. They came over from Mexico. A lot of money in drugs. A lot of kids in high school made their spending money drugs. Some of them actually made really good money, like $100,000 a year. Not not trivial stuff and pot those days was the probably the number one drug maybe then cocaine Uh, and in the scheme of things those are two less harmful drugs you know compared to heroin or crack cocaine or amphetamines those are much safer drugs I know it sounds silly to talk about safe, but actually that's important. And a lot of people in Mexico, obviously, were making a lot of money from those drugs. But my impression was they were kind of small-time drug operators. roll forward 50 years, 60 years. Of course, we have the war on drugs that's been going on, and which basically tries to control the supply of drugs to cure the drug problem, which is, I've talked about that before, I think it's, well, the data's in. We have 60 years of that philosophy failing there is a market if you pinch the supply the price goes up encourages more people to get into it it's the sup- law of supply and demand and it is stronger than any regulations well now you know the 60 years ford is not little time operators in mexico they are big organizations with billions of dollars coming in And uh, it's such a big business, there's a lot of competition among billion-dollar organizations. And they need guns. 96 people a day, according to the Daily, die in Mexico from gun violence. 90% of those guns come from the U.S., so we're kind of screwing Mexico on two fronts. Who funds the drug cartels? We do. Americans buying drugs keep the drug cartels in Mexico alive. Now, what happened when, or what is happening as pot is being made legal. In, in the United States. This isn't rocket science. People buy it pot. From dealers. Legal and illegal. That now grow it in the United States. The legal pots. Even give ground cover for. Illegal pot. What does that do that. Probably took a big hunk out of the Mexican market. Well, luckily for them, there's a million other drugs that they can manufacture, and it's actually cheaper to produce, you know, amphetamines and drugs like heroin that are chemically manufactured. So, what what can hurt their business? Well, the decriminalization of drugs is actually has to be hurting their business. If we'd put more money into rehab services and letting people get off of drugs, um, it's got to hurt their business. But what would really stop their business cold in its tracks is the legalization of drugs. Well, nobody wants to go there because bad things are going to happen. And more people are going to get hooked on drugs. Well, there's a lot of bad assumptions in that thinking. Number one is that there's a shortage of supply. There's probably periods of times when there's a shortage. But in general, there is not a shortage of supply of drugs. Drugs are cheap and plentiful. They have been cheap and plentiful for 60 years that I've known about there may be pockets where their marketing doesn't reach and they don't have good service in you know the backlands of arkansas or something but i doubt it it's a pretty damn effective organization that brings in billions of dollars they know how to supply their customers and their customers are really loyal and needy But what if it was legal to set up production in in the United States? Say of heroin. I know that's scary as hell. scares everybody. And I would do it in pilot programs like in Texas or something. (laughs) Let the Texans try this out. Um, But what happens heroin's produced in the United States probably even lowers the price although heroin's relatively cheap anyway it doesn't increase the supply the supply is already there what do most people die from when they do heroin actually it's not heroin it's it's when it's laced with Uh, other drugs and chemicals and my having a senior moment on uh, the drug that's so often that's very strong that's mixed with heroin most people that die of heroin die because they get crappy adulterated heroin they get something they don't know what it is that they put in their body shoot up with So, producing the United States, where you actually have regulations, and inspections, and you can sue people, and you require them to maintain quality, would actually save lives. And it wouldn't make any easier to get because it's already easy to get. You can apply that to, you know. As you see, or you know, I'm I'm not current on my drugs, but you can apply the same model to any drug. It would make the drugs safer, less people would die, and money to Mexico for the cartels would be dramatically reduced. Gun purchases and gun deaths in Mexico would be reduced. And the cost? Less people dying of drugs in the United States. Does that sound radical? Or we can keep doing what we've done for 60 years. And of course I think we need to, you know, I, I think drug addictions a, a mental health problem and at some point we can start attacking the drug problem by recognizing it's a mental health problem That that's a whole nother podcast but instead of thinking of people as bad people that do drugs let's think of them as people that are hurting they're people that are in pain that are doing drugs and they're addicted people and even if you know there's a lot of routes to becoming addicted but once you're addicted that doesn't help you much how you got there you still need help and you need a way out And any person addicted is fundamentally hurting. So we can keep playing the same old game. Or we can be our brother's keeper. And help both. The drug users. We can help the Mexican government. The Mexican people. We can help those 96 people that get killed a day. Hundred people times three hundred, three hundred thousand people, is that right? Hundred people times seven would be seven hundred people a week. Let's call it a thousand times fifty, fifty thousand. That's I think the right number. Forget that first number, fifty thousand people. Dying in Mexico. That seems pretty significant. And I'm sure there's a lot of suffering that goes on on top of the, you know, top of the homicides, murders. There's a lot of pain and fear and lack of safety. Same things, you know, happening here, a little smaller scale. But because um, most of the money goes there, they've got the better organizations, the bigger drug cartels so I ask you to think about your values and what your values are resulting in I think we need to rethink this whole drug and guns thing you know by the way Mexico only has one gun maker one gun store and it's very difficult to buy a gun in Mexico, except for those that are pouring over the border that the U.S. doesn't control. Probably doesn't give a shit. Anyway, I want you to think about your values and see if your values are making the world a better or worse place. This is your ancient Texan. Namaste.